Hey ladies, how you doing out there, you gangsters and you senior citizens of the world? I just want to let you know that I'm here. I'm starting my new podcast with Anchor. It's free, so I thought, why not give it a try? There's creation tools there that allow you to edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute my podcast, so it will be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can also make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, at home. During the coronavirus epidemic, this is where we're going to be. So, it's a mandatory call to action that we... Take anchor. And his son is here and will be out later. He's a lawyer. And um, Mr. Weiss is, did I mention this? Sterling Professor of Philosophy at Yale. You've seen him on the show possibly before. He's the most interesting teacher I had at Yale because he was, um, he didn't lecture. He, uh, the class was fluid. He um, answers questions as they're fired at him and I'd like to meet you if you haven't met him yet, and to meet Mr. Paul Phyllis Newman and here's Dr. Paul Weiss. <laughs> Were you able to listen to the show? Yeah, a good deal of it, but then I was behind the last movie. Yes. So I heard only some of it. Did you hear anything that you disagreed with? I disagreed with a great deal of it. I am uh, one of Mr. Baldwin's admirers of Victor Finn, that is. And uh, of course, there's a good deal I agree with. But I think uh, he's overlooking one very important matter, I think. Each one of us, I think, is terribly alone. He lives his own individual life. He has all kinds of obstacles in the way of religion or color or size or shape or lack of ability, and the problem is to become a man. For each one of us, I think all this talk about uh, uh, poverty, race, uh, prejudice, it's important, vital, but it's not really at the center. It deals only with the means in the way, or the obstacles in the way of becoming something much more serious and important. That is, to be someone in yourself. To become a man is a difficult job that takes a lifetime. I don't disagree with that at all. I didn't think you would. But um, I take that for granted. I really do. Ah, that, you see, but by taking it for granted, you emphasize always the obstacles in the way. And uh, perhaps you have it in mind, but I think your hearers very often forget that you have another objective in view, the one we both agree upon. Yes, what I'm talking about. I don't think was asking that question before when, when he asked you, aren't you being more extreme? Isn't there some other end? Is it all hopeless? In one sense, it is not hopeless. In another sense, it is. It's hopeless in the sense that nobody ever attained the state of being a full man. But it's not hopeless in the sense that every one of us has a problem which he can resolve more or less within himself. These obstacles are terrible, I agree with you. But they are not insuperable if you know what you're looking for. Yeah, but what I was discussing was not that problem. I was discussing the difficulties, the obstacles, the very, the very real danger of death thrown up by the society when a Negro, when a black man attempts to become a man. Yes, but there's another point in connection with that, and I suppose you do agree. All this emphasis upon black men and white does emphasize something which is here, 
but it emphasizes or perhaps exaggerates it, and therefore makes us put people together in groups which they ought not to be in. I have more in common with a black scholar than I have with a white man who's against scholarship. And you have more in common with a white author than you have with someone who's against all literature. So why must we always concentrate on color or religion or this? There are other ways of connecting men. I'm not talking about that. I understand I know that. I understand that. But as we sit here now, by the will of the people, a man named Ronald Reagan governs California. And the terms I'm using, you must understand, are not the terms that I myself might choose. I'm not interested in whether a person is white or black or green or yellow. But I'm talking about the force of the state which at this moment is oppressing black people all over this nation. Not all. The force of the state which is oppressing every black man in this nation. You write freely, don't you know? Is black getting in your way as being a writer, an author? Yes. I'd like to know how being black gets in the way of your being an author in the first place. No, no, now you put me a little bit on the spot. I, I, like, want I don't like to discuss myself or my work. All right, let's not talk about you. Let's talk about some other black author or white author. No, let's not do it that way. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I mean. I'll use myself. Let's go for broke. It is um, the first difficulty, then, is to, and you will say this is true for everybody, but I unlike you, all right? Um, in the first place, I have to deal with the fact that my history, my history, is inaccessible to me. That my history in this country begins with the bill of sale. Your, your individual history? My name is Baldwin. Yes. It's an old English name. That. My name is White. It was been derived from somebody else. Maybe my great, 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 great ancestor was white haired or whatever. I don't yeah, know. but you have at least the Psalms of David. I don't have them. I don't think I've read them in 10 years. That doesn't matter. 20, I couldn't tell you one of that. Doesn't matter. Doesn't No, it doesn't. One's got, to, one's got to face this fact. Let us say we're both black, right? We both get here at the same time, right? You come from one tribe, I come from another. You speak one language, I speak another. We cannot talk to each other. We don't know what is happening to us. We're confronting a white man with a Bible and a gun at a cross. And what you have to do, if you're going to live, is accept this stranger, this book you cannot yet read, under the gun. Wait a moment, wait a moment. You asked me a question, I'll do my best to answer it. Yes, but you must give me a chance to say something. Yeah, one moment, right. one moment. I'm not trying to... Uh... Can I do something even more unforgivable? Because if, due to the mechanics, if we don't pause now, we may not be back for a while. So we will, and then we'll be back. Stay with me. Gentlemen, where were we? I was in the middle of the Psalms of David. I was trying to make a point. The point is this simply. That one began here with a history of uh, uh, an identity, not only inaccessible, but also systematically and deliberately denied and destroyed. One the Moynihan Report talks about the breakup of the Negro family. And it occurs to me as a you know a very bitter kind of comment on the people who did their best to break up that family. Now to blame the family for being broken up. And you weren't doing that by what I read. Well, there are no, you know, there are no, there are no male father images from no child. Big news. What are you trying in to the first point, in, in the first place, in the first place, that's not as true as Moynihan would like to think. Otherwise, there would be none of us here at all. The point is that then, you know, come back to where I was. One has to really excavate 
out of the absence of a history, and then, and then out of the presence of a history which is absolutely indescribable. You must remember that I was taught, and children, black children to the day are being taught, that no black people ever contributed anything to history, that I was not much better than an ape, and I was lucky to be discovered and acted by white people. Mr. Baldwin, but if, you, if your case were carried out all the way through the way you're putting it, be hard to understand how you ever wrote a word. After all, you're a distinguished novelist. You must have had time of freedom. Somebody must have paid attention to it. You must have been reviewed objectively as an author, not as a Negro. Nobody gave a damn whether your great ancestor had been bought or sold, but they treated your literature or your work in its own terms. That's where you wanted it. That's where you had it. That's where you're having it now. What are you criticizing? What are you objecting to? That there are terrible injustices, everyone admits. You're generalizing and you're rigidifying, you're solidifying it in such a way as if no, there's no way out. You're an exhibition of the fact there's a way out. Am I? Yes. You yourself admit it. You're not just the incarnation of blackness, you're an author. That's why I think of you. I beg your pardon. I'm also the oldest of nine children, all of whom are black. I'm one of the few survivors of my generation all of whom the people I'm speaking of are black. Very Jimmy Baldwin or Sammy Davis, Harry Belafonte or Sidney Poitier. There are a whole lot of people you've never heard of, at least equally talented, perhaps more talented, who did not manage. I'll tell you how one makes it in this country if you're black. You, know, you have to decide somehow that you are not going to be controlled by what white people think of you. Anybody, anybody, and my father who was.